It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I'm Trevor Sycamore. With me is Benjamin Solak. We are here to recap for you. Kind of a crazy weekend in the NFL, but not just week four. Ben and I have plenty to talk about, uh, not only around the team uh, or around the league, but also the teams we cover very closely. But we're going to talk about a lot of our surprise teams, actually. Teams that going into the year, we thought we, week four performances included. Teams that we weren't sure if they were going to be too good that are doing better than expectations. Teams that we thought were going to be great that aren't doing so well. Ben, there's probably a handful that you can think of right, up, right off the top of your head, right? Yeah, no, I've got... I like I have some some you know preseason takes to jump up and down on, and some preseason takes to eat some crow on, and so it's okay. good that we're kind of doing a quarterly review, Indeed. if you will, Indeed. after four weeks. But first, there's news. There's big news. Number one, I did a mock draft. It was my <laughs> turn to do the Monday mock. I had the very peculiar experience of drafting the Buccaneers player and then one pick later drafting the Eagles player. I did not like that. I would like for that gap to widen. Though if the Bucs keep putting out performances like they did this past week, I guess I won't. Hello. Um, so my my first round mock is up on the site. And actually what I put in my first round mock was a link to the Draft Network store, which is something that you guys have been asking for for quite some time. We've had it in the works for quite some time. So we actually um, are, are, are opening up with a pre-sale. And so we're excited to announce the launch of the new TDN store, um, which right now has the one pre-sale item. They'll continue to add new products as we move forward. So the exclusive draft day, everyday dry fit shirt for all the draft nerds, everybody who wants to get more of our gear. If you use the code TDN20, there's $5 off of the price for the first week pre-sale. So you visit the draftnetwork.store. That's the draftnetwork.store today. Limited time offer for this week. The code TDN20 at the draftnetwork.store for your official draft day, everyday dry fit shirt. The store is open. The mock is up. New big boards are going out the 1st of October. We are transitioning, brother. Hmm. Welcome to draft season. I thought it was always draft season. Yes, but welcome to draft season. And then the next time I feel like we're getting closer, I'll, I'll say welcome to draft season again. And then okay. when we get to April 25th, I'll be like, hey, welcome to draft season. Okay. All right, the Bills are making the playoffs. Change my mind. Um, I'm not going to because I told you this is one of mine. This is one of – and here's the thing. That game against the Patriots was bad. Josh Allen was bad. Mm-hmm. And then Matt Barkley came in for an injured Josh Allen. And Trevor, let me tell you something. Mar- Matt Barkley was bad. It was a lot of interceptions on that field from the the Bills quarterback. And for as long as that is the case, Josh Allen or otherwise, the Bills are going to be a very limited team. They do not yet have the offensive line where they can really run the ball with impunity. Uh, They do not have a quarterback. Impunity. 
Impunity. And they clearly don't have a quarterback on whom they can rely uh, for consistent play, especially against defenses like the Patriots, which has been a tremendous defense so far this season. But that being said, the Bills defense held the Patriots to 16 points. And Mm -hmm. they did it on the back of some short fields because of turnovers. They were really nice in the red zone. They had an interception in the red zone as well, pressuring Brady constantly. Brady had one of his worst games in recent years. Now, the Patriots are no longer the, you know, class of offense in the league just simply because you know we we have teams like uh, the Chiefs and we have teams like Dallas and we have teams like New Orleans we have teams like Baltimore but the Patriots are still one of the top offenses Tom Brady's still one of the top quarterbacks well they're efficient they're efficient right I mean like they're not going to be a team that's going to put up a crap ton of yards every single week although they kind of do but they come up when they need to is always the thing with the Patriots it's not like stopping the Patriots offense is easy it's not they're one of the better offenses in the league Mm -hmm. this Bills defense is what's exciting to me this Bills defense is is three levels deep getting impact play from young players I wish they had more coming off the edge but besides that I mean this secondary does not get talked about among the best in the league when it should be Tredavious White Michael Hyde Jordan Poyer, Teron Johnson, Levi Wallace. It's a great group. Uh, and, I, and I think that the Bills continue to present a tough out every week in the AFC, especially because if they get the good Josh Allen game, they can run with anybody. It's just a question of how many of those you're going to get and if you can choose when you get them. Yeah, I, I, I've been really impressed with this Bills team. Um, I thought it was, I kind of, it was kind of like teetering the line on whether or not they were going to make a playoffs throughout the offseason. Um, just wondering what a team to get. I knew they were going to be competitive. I, I knew that the Bills were going to show up just because that's a Sean McDermott team. But man, another three and one, only lost to the Patriots. I mean, they're playing in a pretty easy AFC, not only division but conference. And and so yeah, I think the Bills are making the playoffs. They're one of the teams that you were right on. You were certainly right on there. Um, Hello. That, that uh, a team that were we wrong about the Chargers, Ben? Is it? Are, can we say that? Are we saying that now? Because I picked the Chargers that beat. I gotta say that I guess I've been pretty disappointed with the San Diego. Oh my God! I just said San Diego Chargers. Um, I'm gonna start that over. Drink, uh, Trevor. <laughs> how many? If you, if we, if we, if we did a dollar jar. Yes. For San Diego instead of Los Angeles, how much money do you think we'd raise over the course of a year during the podcast? Enough to enough to do a lot of good charity work. Enough Absolutely. To, I vote we we start. We'll talk about this. Well, we got to start a San Diego charity jar, and then we'll donate to a San Diego charity at the end of the year. The Chargers are a disappointing team for me because, I mean, even though we're sitting here at two and two, it's not like the season's over. They're sitting at five hundred. I thought they'd look a lot better than they would. Uh, that offensive line is is not what. Even I thought I, I had my reservations about the offensive line, but it's proven to be a, a problem for them. And I think it's going to be something that holds them back. And the Chargers seem like a team that's just going to they're going to stay at pace no matter what their opponent is. If their opponent's good, they'll elevate themselves and they might make it competitive. If their opponent's bad, they'll take their game down and they'll make it competitive with the teams that they should beat. Good teams, teams that end, teams that end up winning the AFC, teams that compete for Super Bowls, they're beating the teams that they should beat. I don't think the Chargers are convincing me that they're going to be that AFC championship team like I thought they were going to be. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm not. I'm not out on the Chargers. They I'm not lost either. Like a, I said, they're 500. Yeah. So yeah, right. They lost to a Lions team that ended up kind of good. More on that later. Uh, and they, you know, they 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 lost to a good Texans team. A Texans team that's that's also up and down. Again, more on that later. Um, and then beat beat the chart beat the Dolphins and, and beat a good Colts team. AFC wise, I mean, they should sweep the Broncos and maybe split with the Raiders, but they really should sweep the Raiders. I mean, you're looking at four more AFC wins there, and then they get to play the rest of the AFC South. So they get the Titans and the and the Jaguars. So in the conference, like I think they're still very viable because they're going to pick up a lot of wins by playing a lot of bad teams. I'm now, just disappointed by them because I'm not I'm just not impressed is maybe the the thing. Sure. No, and, and it's been a slow start for sure. I will. I, I do want to talk about the AFC South. I did bring them up. When Andrew Luck went down, we mm-hmm. asked many questions. One of the questions we asked was, who in the name of God is going to win this division? Well, Trevor, I have an answer for you. Nobody. Gardner Be- Minshew. Because Agreed. right now, the Texans are 2-2, two and two, and the Colts are 2-2, two and two, and the Jaguars are 2-2, two and two, and Trevor, the Titans are 2-2. Two and two. Now... The Texans are two and two with seventy-eight points scored and seventy-eight points allowed. Yeah. The Jaguars are two and two with eighty-four points scored and eighty-four points allowed. This is amazing. Okay, we need to acknowledge this. The Colts are uh, ninety-four points scored, the most of any team. One hundred and two points allowed, the most of any team. And then the Titans have a huge differential: ninety-one points scored, sixty-two points allowed. So nearly. 66% increase or 50% increase. And Matt. they're still two and two. They're Matt. still two and two. They're still two and two. <laughs> How is this entire division two and two? I don't who's, know, man. Trevor, they're all going to end up eight and eight. If, if you had to put, if you had to put a hundred dollars on who's going to win this division, $100. Okay. I'm with you. All right. Colts, well, I, I thought Texas, we were going to disagree. I thought we were going to disagree. No, Jaguars, I actually don't. Titans. Colts, Texans, Jaguars, Titans. I think I'd Definitely have not the Titans. No, for sure not the Titans. I'm not putting any money anywhere near the Tennessee Titans for anything. No, won't do it. Never putting any money anywhere near the Titans ever, forever, for anything ever. Nothing. No. Yeah. They will get. They will get none of my money ever. The Titans. We've said this before on this podcast, and we'll say it. I'll. I'll say it a million times. I don't care if you're not going to say it. The Titans have no idea who they are. No idea. And somebody. Somebody added us during the game. It was like. Tampa Bay, Trey, and Ben Solak make the best point in that the, there's no I, no one knows the Titans are. There's, Titans there's beat no the Falcons idea. 24 to 10. Everybody's like, this game sucks. This does, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Ultimately, I do think the Colts are going to come alive because at the beginning of this AFC South segment, you talked about, wow, Andrew Luck goes down. This is kind of wide open. A big question mark there was also with the Colts, and a lot of people were like, oh, wow, the Colts aren't going to be great. They're going to be picking high. They're going to be picking a quarterback again. I don't even think they're going to be picking that high. I think they're going to win the division. So in that sense, this is a surprise team for me, but maybe it shouldn't. You know, I I, I wrote an article a week ago talking about the Colts and really what their mentality is like from the top down um, with Jim Irsay and then and more importantly, Chris Ballard, the general manager, uh, Frank Reich, the head coach, and then the kind of attitude that they have instilled and the guys that they have brought on the team just throughout that roster. 
they're fighters, man. That's what this team is. They're fighters. They're taking off after, after their head coach, Frank Reich, who is a comeback kid of a legend who at one point held the record for largest comeback victories in both college and NFL football, which is wild. Um, yeah. Good just old who, Frank. It's just who he is, man. And you know him because he was on Philly staff for a little bit, but – They've taken the identity of their front office and their head coach in the best way. And I think the Colts are going to continue to claw and think they can win this division because they can win this division. And they that that in and of itself, getting a team, especially an NFL team, to really buy in after something like Andrew Luck, a franchise quarterback, just being ripped from underneath them. That hope just being ripped like a carpet straight underneath their feet. For them to bounce back this way, look the way that they have. Really impressed by the Colts. I think that they're gonna they're gonna go the distance. And even though I don't, I, I I'm not so sure we're gonna get a double digit win team as the winner of this AFC South. I think they're gonna beat each other up a lot. I think nine and seven. It's gonna be the Colts are gonna be sitting at the top when it's all said and done. And it's gonna be thrilling. I mean, I I'd also be remiss if I didn't say that the biggest surprise or the, one of the biggest surprises in the entire football season is what Gardner Minshew is doing in Jacksonville. Right? I mean. This Minshew mania is crazy. It's just so fun to watch. I have no idea how long it's going to last. And history tells us probably not that long. But man, watching an air raid quarterback go to a team that was so invested in running the ball because of Blake Bortles and how they set up their offense and just the straight contrast turnaround of what we're now seeing with Minshew kind of taking over that team. I know they're still trying to run their identity through being balanced in the ground attack too, but not saying right. they're just going full air raid, but did you stuff, see what Fournette rallied? What did you see what Fournette? So Fournette obviously has not had a, had a, a strong past couple of day weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then uh, he was about a big part of the the success today in the win against Denver, 225 yards rushing. And in uh, in in his press conference, he was asked about Minshew and like, you know, their dichotomy and, you know, getting the balance and, and Fournette getting good. And Fournette didn't say he was like, oh, yeah, I apologize to Minshew. I said, you're doing a great job. Like I was going to, you know, try to carry more of, of the weight. But in doing so, he said the nickname. He said, like, his name is Jockstrap King. Yeah. That's oh, yeah, I know. His I name is Jock Strapking. Hello. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's there's another quarterback that was once identified by his, and that was Big Nick. <laughs> and now they're both in Jacksonville. We have two very genitalia-oriented <laughs> quarterbacks. Just and Jags fans are the perfect people. This is, exactly. This is so Jacksonville. This is super Jacksonville. And it's it, I, this. I'm sure that that fan base is just embracing this as much as possible because they're wild. I love Jags fans. Every time I get to, I try to go to the tailgate because I have a lot of a lot of friends up there that show me a good time whenever I go to Jacksonville games. And they're honestly, Jags fans are just people that want to go crazy and invest in a team. And the team's been so bad for so long. So anytime they get this craziness, this mania about them, I just imagine what some of my friends and the rest of uh, the rest of Duval is doing to go crazy. All right, so let's switch over. NFC, let's go NFC East. Let's just go a division that you know. Is there... A big surprise from this division, or is it kind of playing out the way that you thought that it would? I think Daniel Jones has been a lot better than people thought he was going to be. Certainly. That's got to be um, something. Right? right. And now he looked a lot more human against Washington than he did against Tampa. 
uh, which is likely just, you know, kind of the, the sheen of the first start wearing off a little bit. So he's probably going to level out somewhere in between, and that's okay. Um, but Jones looks functional, which, I don't know, like, and to me, that's not a huge surprise, because I pre-draft, I was like, listen, the best spot for Jones is Shermer and the Giants. It just makes sense for what he does well. Uh, and they're going to keep him in what he does well. They're not going to ask him to do full field stuff. They're not going to ask him to throw a deep baton. Uh, I, I think that, that one of the big things is the, the rapport that he's developed with Darius Slayton, the fifth round, sixth round pick out of Auburn, wide receiver, speed demon, is I really promising Darius to see. Darius Slayton, man. Yeah, I, I knew you liked Darius Slayton. And, and, and it's clear that Slayton and Jones have been playing together for camp. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, he went right to him. Uh, we went against Tampa and the same thing against Washington. The other big surprise that I would say from this division is obviously Dallas just dropped one against New Orleans where, man, that New Orleans Saints defense rallied in a big way. Uh, I didn't expect that performance out of them. But that, uh, Dak has been probably the most efficient quarterback thus far true. in the first four yeah, weeks of the season. Very true. And, you know, this, this is at the upper bound of what we expected for Kellen Moore. We thought the offense was going to get better. Oh, just by how good has he been, man? Uh, yeah. And, and, and he's got some stuff to figure out now. You know, the, the Saints were pretty nicely keyed on what Dallas wanted to do. And now, you know, first-time play caller after four weeks, got to learn how to throw a change up a little better. Got You know, he, he doesn't like to throw the ball uh, in between the numbers, intermediate, deep, too. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty scant there. It, Prescott's always been better outside the numbers. Uh, and so they, they, they've got to start incorporating some different things. I think, you know, you got to add some some depth to the color now to, to, to disguise tendency a little bit and, and to be able to attack different areas of the field, keep defenses honest, if you will. But more, this is the upper bound of what we thought more was going to be. And we really thought, like, you know, it was going to be addition by subtraction when, when you simply move on to a new offensive coordinator for Dallas because things were so rigid in the past few years. Uh, but Moore's clearly got the goods, right? And so, he, like I said, he's got to level out. He's got to get comfortable. But yeah. th- th- this team has, has been just, quite dominant. He just really understands how to get the most out of Dak. And I think he's making sure. things really simple for him. I think he's understanding what works really well in that offense. They're incorporating a lot of really simple things. And, and, and not saying that Dak can't get complex every now and then, but they know what they do well, I think. they have The Cowboys have their bread and butter with that O-line and with Ezekiel Elliott. And then the connection and the go-to with Amari Cooper in the passing game. I think Kellen Moore has done a really nice job of mixing that all together exactly the way that it's supposed to. And we've seen the Cowboys come out. And granted, their schedule hasn't been great. It's been pretty, well, not great, tough early on. They've played some pretty easy opponents. But still, you got to beat the team that you're supposed to beat. And right now, the Cowboys are 3-1 and one in a really tough, hard-fought battle. They're against New Orleans. And so I think that, I agree, I think that the Cowboys and certainly Daniel Jones are two big storylines that are surprisers there. In the I have NFC one more teams. NFC. I have two more NFC teams I'd like to hit on very quickly. Let's do it. Let's do it. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Number one? Yes. San Francisco? Um, I may or may not have said bad things about your team before the season. Yeah, it could not have been me. There's no way to confirm if this happened. Yeah, it could not have been me. But perhaps it did. I 
Made a lot of fun of this defense's expense. I also predicted positive regression to the mean. Not that anybody cares about that. I made a lot of jokes at this defense's expense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, you know, only giving up 54 points. They've played a couple cupcakes on offense. Atone for them, up, sir. Atone only for giving up 54 points has been an impressive thought. They've obviously generated significantly more pressure. That defensive line revamp looks really, really productive. Offense staying on schedule. You'd like to see an improvement in some of the production you're getting out of Jimmy Garoppolo. But there's time for that. We're 3-0. and We're leading the NFC West. We're oh, now it's we. Oh, boy. Now, you know. Okay. Well, at like, first, the, gen- we first the collective we. That they weren't going to make it. Now it's we folks oh boy number two is i mean it was plain stupid and i'm not gonna pull punches it was plain stupid to tie with the cardinals but man i mean the detroit lions have looked really really nice i think in the first quarter of the season tough win over the chargers tough win over the over the eagles tough loss to the chiefs i mean they played every game within four points uh two one and one they, 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 very few teams have the secondary of the Lions to be able to play man coverage. The Lions yeah. can match man against pretty much everybody, and that's a huge deal. That helps you out a ton uh, because elite quarterbacks going to dice up zone, and they, they, they made life tougher for Patrick Mahomes than it typically has. It's because they, they played man coverage, and they said, you know, make these throws against man. We're going to play guys tight. We're going to play guys up at the line. That's what they're going to be able to do. And then the, the improvement on offense that's most exciting to me is the, the rushing attack. And then subsequently, the deep passing play action attack for Matt Stafford. Stafford, for so long under Jim Bob Cooter, was quick facilitate, quick to the intermediate, quick to the short, get rid of the ball, and he just didn't maximize his talent. Uh, Stafford holding the ball longer, throwing the ball further down the field makes makes more sense for their receiving core. It's a more productive offense. I like what Daryl Bevel's doing a lot. I, do I trust the Lions yet? I'm not sure. I mean, uh, no, Monday no, night, no. Monday night in Lambeau. Ooh, that'll be a fun one. This that's is that one. that's that's Ooh, a that's big a, that's big big that's, game that's, for Detroit. That's a trust fall game. That's a trust fall yeah. game. This is the it's the Packers on eleven days rest Thursday night to Monday night, mm. and the Lions just came off a disappointing big time arduous loss to the Chiefs. It's Damn. a huge game for the Packers. Wait, did you say it's a Monday night game? Monday night. So the Packers hosted a Thursday night game, and then immediately after host a Monday night game. Yes. Does that not seem stupid to anybody else? Uh, I have no comments at this time about favorable NFL television scheduling. You absolute coward. <laughs> Listen, is there a surprising NFC South team that you would like to discuss? I mean, I thought that the—I I mean, I'm not going to talk about the Buccaneers because they're 2-2, two and two and it's the strangest 2-2 two and two I've ever experienced in my entire Come life. Come on, you just beat the Rams! The Take 30 seconds! Dude, okay, so the Bucs beat the Rams. They scored the most Champions points in franchise history. It, it was, was awesome. You're wrong. It was awesome. It was one of the most fun games I've ever got to cover. Um, By the way, holy cow, man. Covering a game in the Coliseum, bucket list, man. That was such a cool feeling. Cool? To, oh, dude, getting to walk around that stadium. I've never been there before, and I, like, felt nostalgic. I don't even know how that's possible, but I just felt the history within that entire building. I was saying that, like, if I was a five-star recruit on the West Coast and USC showed me that stadium, I'd commit to USC in, like, two seconds. It was so awesome. If you ever got a chance to go to the Coliseum for a big USC game or um, a Rams game for the rest of the time they're playing there, go to it. It's such a really cool stadium to go see. It's football history. Yeah, the Bucks. I don't even <laughs> sitting here two and two. They've got losses at home, Ben, to the 49ers and Giants. Okay, and they've okay, got yep. wins on the road at Carolina at Los Angeles. Sure. The team is not a surprise because 
They don't make any sense. And Ben, if there is anything that is not surprising <laughs> about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, <laughs> it is that they do not okay. make any sense. Right now on the podcast, the yes. Buccaneers have 12 games left. Yes. At Saints, home be Panthers, at Titans, at Seahawks, home Cardinals, home Saints, at Falcons, at Jaguars, home Colts, at Lions, home Texans, home Falcons. If you accurately predict the Tampa Bay Buccaneers end of season schedule, regular season 16 games, publish chicken tender sub on me right now. Eight and eight. This coward. You coward. I'm so pissed. <laughs> oh, it's disappointing. Devastating. Oh, no. It's it, it's. Dude, it's, it, it's so tough because each time we have a week where I think it's going to be a barometer game, they go so far one way or the other. It's so hard to tell what you're going to get from this Buccaneers team, right? I mean, like, after the Thursday night football game, we were thinking, okay, this is the team to turn it around. Okay, the NFC South is down. Drew Brees isn't there for the Saints right now. Cam's not going to be there for the Panthers. Atlanta doesn't look so hot. So you go, okay, they're going to beat the Giants next week, go into the road trip. Heck yeah. <laughs> Lose to the Giants. Okay, now what do you think of this team? Oh, great. It's a team that can't win big games. It's a team that can't finish. A team that can't take momentum. Now what do they do? Score 55 on the Rams. Okay. So, so what happens What happens next week? You have the Saints on a two-game win streak with Teddy Bridgewater. Also an inexplicable team. Um. Oh, man. Don't make me say on this podcast that I think the Bucks are going to beat the Saints in New Orleans. Don't make me say that. Don't make me Trevor, say that. If you believe it, say it. Say it with your chest, man. All right, I think they're going to beat the Saints in New Orleans. Clip it! Oh, my, <laughs> my big surprise team out of the NFC South, though, how bad the Falcons are. I yeah, really, big facts. I really did think that the Falcons were at least going to bounce back to be a little bit more competitive. I understand that they've had a little bit of injuries here and there, but and it's be, been kind of a, a weird start to the year. But my God, Matt Ryan does not look like the same guy. Dirk Cutter is not taking that offense back to where they were even when he was— Draw. Shocked that Dirk Cutter coordinator there. did oh, not solve the problem. I, for one. Um, <laughs> Let me just so, say. So, but, I mean, like, they're sitting here at one and three. I didn't really expect them to be one and three, especially in the way that they've looked like they're one and three. They and just, the one win was the game they tried to give away to Philly. Right. They could very well be 0-4 right now. So yes. that's kind of a – that's kind of – they're the biggest surprise to me, other than um, the ones that you kind of named out of the – out of the NFC, that's the big one to me is is how much the Falcons are struggling. That's the that would be the big one to me there. It's true because I continue to look at that roster and say in a vacuum this is good talent, and then I watch them play and it's not good. I, dude, I said before the season that the, I thought the Falcons had a top five roster in the NFL. Yeah. So let's say- right. So like like let's like give a second for the offensive line to get healthy and get starters back. But eventually we had to start asking but not only too late. Right, too late. right, 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 right. I'm I'm talking about long term. Oh. Let's, no, get the offensive, it, let's get the offensive line back. Let's look a, healthy. Hold on now. Hold on, though, because let's think about it. Let's let's rewind a couple of months. Dan Quinn fired his entire staff this offseason. This is okay. my this is this is where I was going with this. OK, you don't get a free bad year after you fire everybody. So yeah. if, if we're talking about like long term, wait to see what the offensive line does. Maybe they'll get healthy, whatever. If they win only five games, the Falcons. Dan Quinn's getting fired. They're all getting fired. Every right. single one. And of them. I'm telling, I'm screaming at Howie Roseman to hire him as defensive coordinator. That's not important. Right. Um, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying when when Todd Grantham leaves for the NFL. I'm trying to get uh, Dan Quinn to come back, back to DC. Florida, the, baby. <laughs> the Florida Gators. Tom, Tom. No, but that's my thing, right? Is like let's get this offensive line back healthy and like let's like you know have a strong back half of the season. Otherwise, we can't just ask well dirt cutter questions. We got to start asking. 
Quinn comma Daniel questions, which like Dan Quinn was a top, you know, NFL head coach, Falcons way to the Super Bowl sort of a thing. And it's just kind of uh, snowballed since then. So, yeah, it's a shame. That's okay. So that's every division, save for the AFC North. We have not talked to AFC North, which has the two and two Browns who just beat the Ravens, making them two and two. Uh, And then the Owen. And then I already clicked it. I already clicked it. The off button on the AFC. You wanted to jump over to the NFC. Now you would. Jesus, not even in control of my own podcast anymore. Exactly. There's chaos on the podcast. There's two whole conferences, and we have gone back and forth. Steelers and Bengals, by the way, play tonight, Monday night. The podcast being released. Wait, Monday hold night. on, real quick. Yes. Um, can you name what two teams in the NFL have scored the most points? Don't look. Um, Kansas City. Big facts. And Baltimore, yeah. Mm, also a big fact. Can you name the third team right behind him? Okay. Um, Dallas? No. Dang it, who? <laughs> the Bucks. <laughs> no, they're not, really? I swear to God. That's yeah. so awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm not on the team. Oh, uh, I guess all right, yeah, y'all, just, y'all just scored 55. I forgot 55 about that. points. All right, keep going. AFC North. Browns 2-2, two two, Ravens 2-2, two two, Steelers and Bengals, Monday night, football, 0-3 versus 0-3, Mason Rudolph versus Andy Dell, and somebody please drown me before this game starts. Surprising here, I guess the Browns not being that great? I don't know, like the Browns have kind of yeah. steadied, the Browns, have, the Browns obviously they've kind of steadied the show. No, yeah, keep going, keep going. Sorry, they played keep... a tight one against the Rams, and then they, they beat the Ravens, the defense is playing quite well, offense is... You know, kind of getting there. The the you know, Freddie Kitchens, first year head coach. It's okay to like you know need a little bit of time to steady the ship. Ravens expected to be quite good, have been quite good. Lost the tight one to the Chiefs, and then uh, that Browns loss wasn't pretty. Um, but I'm not super concerned about them. Steelers, like it's no Ben, and then everybody knew the Bengals was going to be bad. So I feel like this division, you know, two two zero and three zero and three, but mm-hmm. it kind of is as I expected it to be. I think it's certainly a little bit different, but honestly, if you, if you want my take here. AFC North, the biggest surprise. No, Trevor, surprise. it's a podcast, but you shouldn't okay. say anything. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Yeah, Tomorrow we'll be back show. with uh, college football. The biggest surprise to me in the AFC North is just how good the Ravens' offense has been. Look, I've been a big Lamar fan. I thought that people who were the, – the critics of him on, on one end were just so far overblown. But at the same time, I was trying to be pretty honest with what I thought that Lamar's limitations were coming from college to the NFL. And I knew that it was going to be – a lot for him. Not that it was going to be impossible. Not that he couldn't do it. Not that I was even doubting him. I just knew that it was going to be a lot coming from a system where this guy could win so naturally in college football just by being a better athlete. And even, you know, throwing the ball deep down the field, certainly. But we know coverage and corners aren't as great in college football, certainly, when you make the jump to the NFL. And I knew it was going to be tough for him. He has been so fantastic, and it's been such a joy to watch him in this first quarter of the season. Um, that's the reason why the Ravens are tied with the most points scored. It's revolving a big, uh, a lot around Lamar and how he has improved as a passer, how accurate he has become, how he's taken that next step to manage going around the pocket, not always taking off, the ball accuracy to lead some of these speedy wide receivers, getting the most out of those deep threat guys. I have been thrilled about Lamar Jackson. And so that is my big surprise in the best way. Not that I thought that he was going to be bad. I thought Lamar was always going to be good. But this this step that he has taken here in his second year has even been better and more accelerated than I thought it was going to be. And it's so much fun to watch. Please look at the tweet I just sent you. It's AFC North related. Okay. All right. 
Lord, this is live podcasting, people. Live podcasting. Okay. Uh, did you tag me in it? No, I said I texted it to you. Oh, you texted it to me. Why don't yeah, you just, man. Why don't you just DM it to me? Because we talk on like eight different channels, and I don't really know the procedures. Put for each this one. photo in. <laughs> Do you see this? Look at. Okay. Oh Nick Nick God. Chubb had like a 90-yard touchdown picture run. for the people. Nick Chubb had like a 90-yard touchdown run. He hit like 22 yes. miles per hour on the run. Incredible acceleration. He like ran in front of one of his blockers. He knew he had Pater and he was going. And so this is a photo taken from the sideline. I would say roughly at about the 10. You know, Chubb's at the 15. And it's Chubb, you know, in full stride. And he's got his legs up and he's pumping his arms. He's staring at the end zone. And he's, you know, it's a, it's a portrait photo, and he's on the left-hand side. On the right-hand side, far back in the distance, more at the 30, 35 in the center of the field, is Baker Mayfield running down the field with Hands Nick Hands extended. Yeah. Like an airplane when you were a kid in the middle of a field, his Dude. head thrown back in bliss. And then the far background is just a bunch of very still Ravens fans. Oh, and it's just, my goodness. Like Nick Chubb, like all Mayfield did is hand the ball off. Nick Chubb has run... 75 of the 85 yards he needs to run to score this touchdown. Nick Chubb's celebration level is a 1 out of 10. Again, all Baker did was put the ball in his tummy. Baker's celebration is a 10 out of 10. <laughs> That's so fantastic, man. Gotta love him. I want the Browns to be good. They're so fun when they're good. They're they getting the- there. They're getting there. I know, I know, I know. We we jumped the shark a little bit on the on the um on the Browns, but they certainly got the talent too. They just gotta control everybody on the team. You gotta come together. You know, get right some now. chemistry. A little bit over me, or uh, hey, no, thank else. you, dude. Something I else, appreciate something that. Else. Uh, ben, something you got to tell the people before we get out of here? Yes. If you missed it at the beginning, there's new stuff, and you want it. We have opened the TDN Draft store for pre-launch. What? I'm right. Dude, you, no, 100% right. I just yeah. love that. Listen. So, so we're, we're recording this podcast. And I'm still in LA, so it's 10 p.m. my time, which makes it 1 p.m. Bed, Ben's time, and he is all hopped up on lack of sleep, and that's you know make it for a great podcast right now. So I this chuckled a little. This is not even. This is not even like bedtime is not for another hour. Oh, uh, we're this not is, even it. We're not even a real insomnia hours, brother. No, not even close. Um, no, but listen, the Draft Network store is open. It's very exciting. Uh, this is football's 33rd front office. This is the most in-depth coverage you're getting uh, for NFL draft, college football, NFL, exactly. whatever it is. And so the TDN store is launching. It is pre-launched right now for this week, which is for our most ardent listeners, for our most common viewers and subscribers. And so uh, new products are coming after the pre-launch right now. It's the exclusive Draft Day Everyday Dry Fit shirt, TDN20 is the promo code $5 off the price. So you go to the draftnetwork.store, the draftnetwork.store, limited time offer, TDN20 expires on Sunday night. Add the promo code, get $5 off your official draft day, everyday dry fit t-shirt. All right, that's it for the NFL this week. No, that's not true. All right, that's it for the NFL today. Is that better? That's better. We're talking college football tomorrow. You're what? I said I, I I bought it. I didn't buy the week, but for the day, yeah, I bought it. Okay, all right, thanks. Glad that glad that you're buying it. Glad that you're putting on money on me, even though you won't put it on the Tennessee Titans, because I'm a lot more. I'll you take bet eight and eight for the Buccaneers. You watch your mouth. <laughs> what did you say? I said you put eight and eight for the record for the Buccaneers. You don't get to talk about coward bets. <laughs> That's all for the NFL this week. We're talking college football tomorrow and Wednesday. Uh, we're gonna go through the week that was college football. 
uh, tomorrow on Tuesday, and then we're going to take a look, as we always do, to the week ahead coming up on Wednesday. We'll go through next week's NFL games on Thursday, and then, of course, Fan Friday coming up on Friday as well. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.